0: or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce on Be Brave at Work today, Sam Kabert. Sam is a successful serial entrepreneur turned spiritual seeker. He is known for his ability to put together virtual teams to execute the vision as efficient as possible so that all involved can spend more time adventuring and experiencing the beauty the world has to offer outside of traditional work. Sam has been successful in the business world and has received accolades like being recognized as one of Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 at just 31 years old, which has allowed him to explore the deepest meanings behind the human experience. Sam has built multiple businesses. He is a four time book author, including the number one best selling book, Soul Life Balance, a guide to igniting and integrating spiritual awakenings and is the host of the Soul Seeker podcast. And in that title, the word seeker is spelled S-E-E-K-R. Sam is on a mission to help spread awareness around positive practices to tackle depression, sitting with discomfort, and exploring your shadow for healing, as well as shared standard tactics to practice soul-life balance. Sam, welcome to Be Brave at Work.
1: Thank you so much, Ed, for having me on the show, and I'm excited to chat with you.
0: We are thrilled that you're here and I did somewhat of a general overview of your background and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more from you on how you're currently interacting in the marketplace
1: yeah my biggest thing right now is speaking about soul life balance to workplace culture really it's bringing mindfulness into workplace culture and i do so through workshops i have a lot of content online through my youtube channel obviously the podcast social media but really public speaking whether it be a keynote or a breakout session in addition to that, I'm still operating my first business from 12 years ago called Swagworks. And I have another company called Wizard Teams where it's a done-for-you marketing agency. Anything you want done, our team of freelancers gets it done for you. So I definitely have my hands full between creating content in several businesses, but it's all uh, fun and exciting stuff that I'm passionate about. So that's great.
0: Well, it's terrific. And you certainly do have your hands full. I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more Sam, from you, you know what is soul life balance? Is there a definition, or you know how can you describe that so our listeners can understand a little bit more about the work that you're doing.
1: 100%. Yeah. Soul life balance is a reframe of work life balance where we put ourselves first and foremost, always, while simultaneously redefining our relationship to this human experience and what work means. Because if we look at the symbol of yin and yang, many of us are very familiar with what the symbol looks like. Some of us are familiar with what it means. And I'll explain it real quick. If someone's listening, and they're not sure or whatever. But my relationship to the archetypal energies of yin and yang are that yang or yang, that energy is about how we show up in the world. That's the human doing, right? We are naturally human beings. However, we get focused on doing. So if we look at work-life balance, we can so easily see that both work and And life requires a lot of that Yang energy because in work we have pressures, deadlines, all these different type of things that are how we show up in the world. Well, outside of the working hours, we have responsibilities, whether it's paying our bills, uh, working with our pets and our kids to take care of their needs, taking care of our own needs. Right. And we need to do all these things. So the question becomes with work life balance is where's that time for the archetypal yin energy? And the yin is about softening, it's about intuition, it's about receptivity, and most of all, it's your connection to yourself. So soul-life balance is the reframe of work-life balance where we realize that work-life balance isn't balanced, it's actually out of balance, and most people speak of work-life balance as something that they will one day obtain, whereas with soul-life balance, it's a practice every day, realizing that there's nowhere to go, you're already there, and and if we can just put ourselves first on a daily basis by asking ourselves, how do I feel in this moment? How do I feel today? What do I need today? Then from there we can start to show up better in our lives for our work in our life and our relationships.
0: Well, I love that this is where we're starting our conversation because as a former corporate employee, you know, I will tell you that most folks think about this term work-life balance, say the term work-life balance, you know, it is part of their life. And not that they ever find time or think about ways to do something about it. But, you know, this objective of ensuring that work as part of your life, and I've never thought of it as a balance because I always thought of work as a subset of life, but, you know, is, quote unquote, in balance. And it sounds like you've taken that model and are bringing it forth to a new decade, a new generation to say, hey, it's bigger than work life. It's about soul and who you are and what you want to be.
1: Yeah 100%. I mean I think we all are very well of the mental health crisis that we're facing right now and it's not just since the pandemic. Of course I could like say all these stats such as online research to support one's own mental health ha- th- the research has gone up like people googling to how can I increase my mental health has gone up by 500% since the pandemic and nearly half of people are experiencing depressive type symptoms or anxiety, one of the two. And these are all since uh, the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, suicide was at the highest rate that it's been in 30 years. So now the way I look at it is since 2020 and the lockdowns, it's really put a flashlight on our mental health because it's gotten so much worse. So many people are very aware of this, whether it's based off statistics and research or firsthand experience or secondhand experience. But whatever it is, we all kind of know that and an easy way to address it, I, I don't mean easy, but the most efficient way to address it is by addressing our own needs and starting with us first. It's just like when you go on an airplane, they say in case of emergency. Put your oxygen mask on first before you helping others. And the fact is, we are in an emergency right now because even in July of this year in 2022, they create a new suicide hotline that just by calling the number or texting the numbers nine eight eight, you can be redirected to a suicide hotline, which goes to show how important that this really is to start addressing our own mental health.
0: Well, I agree that the pandemic really shocked what others consider to be work-life balance to the point where today, uh, two years later, we think about it differently. You know, there was a time where I was always expected to be in the office. I never worked from home. I never even thought to work from home. And even asking to work from home felt like a big request, right? (laughs) It was like, oh, my gosh, I want to maybe work from home Friday. How do I ask for this? Today, people expect it, right? And I know employers that I do work with can't find employees to come work in the office because they want a job where they can work from home. And this was an almost overnight impact that really just shocked and flipped the work-life balance that we have. And, you know, when you think about the yin-yang relationship, Sam, yeah, I'd love to talk, I think, a little bit about the yin. And I am highly inexperienced in this area, so I'll default to you. But it sounds as though the yin is a little bit more tied to internal perspectives, things like intuition and potentially empathy and relationships and things of that nature. If it's not, please correct me. And, you know, this is where bravery at work might rest most, right? That I have a feeling or I have a relationship that may not be what it should be. I want to say something. And in fact, it takes bravery in order to say it. So could you tell us maybe a little bit more about the kind of yin side of the yin yang? And if in fact, this is where potentially either the desire or uh, need to be brave might exist.
1: Yeah, you're so right. And there's an amazing movie by Pixar called Soul, where it just demonstrates so many different things in terms of spirituality or the inside, as you put it. Um, but one of the things that I like is at the no- towards the end of the movie, the main character needs to, quote, unquote, speak his truth to another character. And that is bravery right there. One of the most common things that we we hear about when we start to enter into like spirituality or mindfulness or just being a more conscious person is what is stirring up within me? What is that subconscious stuff that I'm not really aware of but when I take the time to slow down, whether it's through looking at a sunset, maybe walking around your neighborhood without your phone or without anyone else, and just connecting with how your body feels, is it cold? What smells are you smelling, right? Or meditating, journaling, any of these things are incredible tools to help us slow down and to tap into our subconscious. Now, just for a quick uh, disclaimer, because we all have different definitions and and meanings behind words, so I just want to make sure we're on the same page. When I say conscious or subconscious, the way I think about our subconscious is very easily explained by thinking about how your left foot feels. Start to bring awareness to your foot. Now you can probably feel that your foot is maybe you're walking, maybe you're sitting down, wherever it is, but now you're really more consciously feeling that part. Maybe you're giving your toes a wiggle. You could always feel what was going on there and that was part of your subconscious. But until we shine a light on that and bring your awareness to that, then it becomes your conscious. So t- uh, zooming out and looking at this on a bigger level in terms of like speaking our truth, oftentimes We don't even know what our truth is. It's in our subconscious because we're running around so much. Other times we might know what our truth is and it may be conscious because it's just something that's going on in work every day where you know you need to have a tough conversation with someone, right? So it could be one or the the other. And many of us have so many things going on in our mind that when we take the time to slow down we realize oh yes even though i had conscious awareness of this one truth that's been around here now i have a whole slurry of other things that are coming up so it can be overwhelming to do all these things right so to your point and bring this back to the workplace and bravery There are so many different ways that connecting with your intuition, the quote unquote inside of you will help you to really feel what you're feeling internally. And then from there, that's when you'll take the steps to move forward to speak your truth. Another form of bravery in the workplace is through the acronym WIFL. Have you heard of the WIFL before? Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah, I love this one. So it stands for what I feel like expressing. And it's a great way to start a meeting. And whether you have two people in your meeting, five people, 10, 20, whatever the account is, you can always use a whiffle. And the thing to note is that when you start a meeting, So many people, most of us, I know this case with me, like we're rushing to do this and that. And then we're, we kind of are trying to tie up loose ends and send that last email or that text. And then we come to the meeting and we have all this chaos going on in our mind. Then we just need to be centered and to uh, be able to be present in the meeting. But generally speaking, in a business culture, we don't have any time to calm down and decompress. It's just going straight into the meeting. So I like using the Wiffle because if you are feeling that like, oh, my mind is not present here. I'm still thinking about this thing that I need to finish up once this meeting is over or I need to pick my kids up from school or whatever it is, it gives you the space and time to express how you're feeling. It's not necessarily the time to say like, You know, Susie, like I was really bad when you said X, Y, Z and like do uh, some like conscious integration sharing circles. It's more just like getting the monkey chatter out of the mind and putting it onto the table. Now there's other things to know about running a wiffle as well, but that's like a high level way to bring bravery into the workplace because a lot of times, that is going to require bravery. I mean, just think about growing up in school or business being and whatever it might be, but many of us are, have like want to raise our hand, want to speak up and we don't for whatever reason. But when we're talking about like what I feel like expressing like emotions in the workplace, that absolutely requires bravery.
0: Well, and I think there are times where people are so distracted or have so many monkeys bouncing around in their head, it is visibly uh, noticeable by others, right? You might say, hey, I wanted to talk to you today, but you don't look like you're present or you seem like something else is going on or you're distracted. And, you know, is there something I can help you with or is there something I need to be aware of? And it may not even be the right time to have a brave conversation because they have so much going on or so many things just happened at the last minute. So Sam, I'd like to ask you another question, which is when you're thinking about having a brave conversation with your boss, we've been talking about truth and I loved your story and your suggestion around Wiffle. You know, the opposite of that is making sure you have confidence when you go in to speak with your boss and you've asked yourself this question, why do I want to do that? And so I'm wondering in the work that you're doing with soul and life, tell us a little bit about truth. You know, what is the importance of knowing or understanding what your truth is As you're prepping and preparing to have a conversation with your boss, which might be hard for you to talk about or hard for them to listen to.
1: I think a lot of things is just kind of practicing, right? And we don't necessarily mean practicing like going in the mirror and having the conversation, right? A lot of it could be as simple as visualization. Athletes use visualization. I know Kobe's talked about this. LeBron's talking about this. There's an amazing book called Mind Gym Work they talk about visualization but any of the most successful athletes they kind of see themselves perform before it happens, whether it's that buzzer beater shot that wins the game or seeing them win this, the Olympics, if it's Michael Phelps or anyone else, right? Visualization is so key. And we can do that through meditating or just closing our eyes and kind of painting the picture. What does it feel like to be in that office, right? And we've done it a million times where we've seen our boss or we've went in um, for the meeting. So we, we can familiar ourselves with that when we go to visualize it. That's one way to really prepare. Another way is through like a breathing exercise, just simply breathing in for a few seconds, holding at the top and exhaling through the mouth and doing a few rounds of that, which just calms the nervous system. And so that any of our anxiety, if we're feeling anything like that comes up, we're able to self-regulate. And the final thing I would say, is to journal. Journaling is such an an amazing practice and we can really get those subconscious type of thoughts out onto paper to bring the subconscious to light through journaling. And we could even go as far to writing a letter. And it's not that we're going to give our boss a letter or something like that, but helps to get all of these thoughts circulating and almost do like a brain dump like we would do in a business meeting. And from there, we're going to come out with more clarity so that we can show up and be brave for this tougher conversation.
0: Well, I love those four suggestions, and I just want to recap them for our audience because I think they do truly apply to being brave at work this idea of practice and we do talk about practice and bravery and not, you know, necessarily, you know, looking in the mirror and talking about what you want to say, but, you know, ensuring that you work with another person in advance to ensure you don't use any hot button words or come across as if you are trying to help the person and not judge or belittle them. And so this idea of kind of getting it out and, you know, for uh, purposes of it not being the first time when you're talking with your boss, but having said it a few times, it will come out a lot more comfortably. I love this idea of visualization, which is thinking about where I'm going to be, what's it going to feel like, who am I talking to, you know, just really picturing in advance of what you're going to experience is a great idea. Breathing, phenomenal stress reliever, right? Anytime that you can take a few breaths, there's a number of different strategies you can do for effective breathing can also help reduce what, you fe- what you're what you feeling and get you better prepared. And then this idea of journaling, and you know, we do recommend that if you have a conversation with your boss that you do take notes because what they said is important. And then also you do sometimes want to send an email afterwards saying, hey, thank you so much for listening today. I know it was hard for you to hear. Here's a recap of what I heard, right? Or here's a recap of what you said because I want to make sure we're on the same page. I don't want them to leave not thinking that I knew exactly what it was they were saying. And I want them to feel comfortable that this is clarity around what it is that we talked about today. So, you know, this idea of practice, of prepping, visualization, breathing, and journaling, I think, Sam, are all great, great ideas. So thank you so much for sharing those with us today. And we'd love to ask you how folks can get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more about the work that you're doing and uh, how you're interacting in the marketplace
1: yeah everything i do and everything i'm about is all at samkbert.com that's s-a-m-k-a-b-e-r-t.com samkbert.com and if you guys want a free gift the uh, three undeniably simple ways you can practice soul life balance on a daily basis that's going to help to increase your own mental well-being you could go to samkbert.com practice pretty simple
0: Great. Well, people love free stuff, so thank you so much for sharing that with us Sam. Thanks again for being a guest on Be Brave at Work. Thanks, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at Capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.